0: Hi, my friend. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Mission Forward. Today's guest is someone I have admired for the better part of my career. She knew me in my earliest days as a business owner. She invited me to serve on my first real board of directors. She and I have had many reasons to overlap in our work over the years. And I know that the role C. Marie Taylor has just taken on, launching her own business and leaning into her envisioned future as a full-time consultant to businesses on issues of equity diversity and inclusion it's not just an exciting opportunity for her it is the most perfect opportunity for her i'm going to warn you i get a little emotional in this one my voice cracks it's not pretty but i hope what you feel in this conversation is a deep respect and admiration for the bravery and the honesty and the humanity that C. Marie exudes in all she does and how grateful I was to get this time with her. So stay tuned for my conversation with C. Marie Taylor, founder of Equity Through Action. C. Marie Taylor, I am so glad to have some time with you today to talk about your exciting and much-needed new venture, Equity Through Action. going to start the way that we always start these shows this season and that's with just a simple check in first so where do we find you today and what's one thing in your view that makes you happy
1: um you can find me in silver spring maryland in my newly built office that i love um And one thing that makes me super happy today is the sun is shining and I had an amazing spin class. So I had the opportunity to have some time to myself before working all day um, and to just be, uh, have a few minutes of gratitude. That sounds like a
0: great start to your day. And thank you for making this part of it. I I feel grateful for, for you and your time today. Many of our listeners are going to know your name and know you as the, most recently, as the Executive Director of Leadership Montgomery. For those who don't know you, I will share that you recently left that role to start your own consulting practice, and that's uh, Equity Through Action, and I'd love you to tell us a little bit about that. But I was reading an article not too long ago in Bethesda Magazine that was about you and your shift, and I've also heard you talk about this shift as what your entire career has been leading up to. And so I'd love you to tell us a little more about this new business and
1: what inspired you
0: to make this awesome leap.
1: Thank you. So what inspired me to uh, make this giant leap in the middle of a pandemic? Mm -hmm. A couple of different things. Um, So I've spent the last 25 years trying to get people to see um, me and Black women in a different light, right? And so that one of the big things in my aha moment when I first started in the professional world, like they're not valuing my voice. Why is that? Um, And so in every institution that I've worked in, I've tried to figure out a way to help each person see each person's humanity, right? Through their policies, their practices, um, how they show up, how we um, talk to each other, how do we interact um, in the programming that we do in the money that we fund, right? Which is like a summary of all the work that I've done. And so in that I've been able to create unique, Programming and reports and uh, led workshops around this work. And in the middle of this pandemic, I realized that the work that I was through, through Leadership Montgomery around equity was really great and awesome. However, it was only a third of the work. Right, and I know that I want to spend 100% of my time focused on equity and helping workplace, helping people in the workplace focus on it in a way that suits everybody, um, and makes room for other people who weren't even invited to the party. So I took this giant leap to take all the policies, the practices, the coaching that I've been doing, you know, on the side or in organizations, and form it into this great big giant company. And so that's what I'm doing 12 to 15 hours a day. And I love it. I just love
0: it. <laughs> so you had shared a story recently about how you had planned to make this shift, right? This, is, this has been in your view for quite some time. You didn't think you would make it for a few more years. So why did you feel like you couldn't, you couldn't spend another day waiting? You had to make this, as you
1: said, in the middle of a pandemic right so you're right uh, i had plans to do this probably in 2023 20, 25 um because i love the work i was doing in leadership montgomery the thing that really struck a chord for me over last summer was how the world was literally on fire um figuratively and literally and i was like what is my role in this and what should i be doing um in terms of my work hours. And that is what it hit me. You know, I have these gifts and opportunities to work with individuals and companies through coaching, through education, through trainings, through workshops. Um, and how do I take the energy I have and spend it with more companies, right? And so I was like, I just have to do it now. I gotta, wherever people are interested in working with me, I need to be there and in that space. And so I literally just took this leap of faith Um, to do the work that I've been, I think, destined to do for the last 30 years, right? To put it into full-time practice.
0: And and quite honestly, right, uh, on the surface, perhaps people would say, oh, is it really the right time to start a business? On the other side, how could it not be the right time to start this business, right? In terms of the work you are doing and have been doing, and um, something that you've shared before and have said a lot in your work, and that we I think we'll get to in a little while is the importance right now of organizations who are committed to equity, but aren't necessarily acting on and fully through equity yet. And so i um, curious what you're seeing when you're thinking about organizations and where you're stepping into those organizations to help. them.
1: Uh, so that's a great question. Um, so companies on the whole have been talking about equity for, you know, a number of years. So we'll give them credit. Thinking about it, talking about it, and acting are two different things. And so it's really interesting as I'm working with some of the companies right now, and they're printing out messages and talking about, well, what happened last summer caused us to do this X amount of work. And my question to them is like, what about the 7,500 summers before that, right? What about the last 400 years? I really am trying to get people to acknowledge what's happened in the last 401 years and not just last summer. So where I'm trying to get companies to think about um, the legacy that they're going to leave, I also want them to think about the past and how we really have to take a pause and embrace that piece as well and not be so reactive to what's in front of them, right? It's important, but let's be proactive so that we don't have continuous issues for the next 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. So I think the the point I would make is trying to get companies to think about the past, the present, and the future, and not just the immediate past, if that answers your question. What I have always seen in you is this
0: ability to see things that other people can't see or don't believe to see, right? So for the last many years, as you've been leading Leadership Montgomery, you have seen amazing potential in everyone that comes your way, and then you have this amazing ability to to believe in, publicly believe in people, and move big ideas forward. Um, and I think it's it's perfectly fitting, like that one that you've now moved into this role where you are doing that and kind of living into or leaning into the the best thing about you. The thing I've always loved about you is that you believe really deeply in. What a lot of people think it's not possible, but you do it and you do it so amazingly well. So I'm, I'm excited about that.
1: I went to one of your um, trainings years ago and you um, talked about the book, uh, positive, the peer power, pressure. positive, peer pressure. Right. Tina Rosenberg. Yes, yeah, I still talk about it, right? Because I feel like... It's part of, it's a core in who I believe I am and who the world can be, right? And so when you come from a non-scarcity mentality, people rise up to the occasion, right? Even in the midst of just what's happening, there are moments where people can rise to the occasion. And so you're right. I try to get equity through action in our trainings, in the coaching, in the design, where we're helping people think about different workplaces, think about the potential. Because if you think about the potential, it's a little less scarier, right? Mm -hmm. And you can dream bigger. And if we dream bigger, we do better.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash mission forward. There's over 180,000 titles for you to choose from, including some of my favorites, like Scaling Up Excellence, Getting to More Without Settling for Less. It's one of my favorite business books. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash mission forward and get your free audiobook today. The ability to focus in on the potential and the what could be is really hard in a time like we are in, right? That it's really hard to think about the what could be because the what is in front of us is so hard. Um, mm-hmm. and singularly, right? It's, it's affected everyone differently. And so is there any um, any advice or insight you could give into how you stay focused on that what could be, right? Even when it feels really hard, you know,
1: the what is feels really hard. So that's a good question. And not to say that I don't struggle with that. I just remind myself. So I do post it note therapy all the time. So I have stickers mm-hmm. all over my, uh, my monitor, right? <laughs> that reminds me, okay, turn to a sense of wonder, turn to a sense of wonder, turn to a sense of wonder. And so when I stay in that space, then it actually comes out. And so mm-hmm. I think part of my contribution in this world is to remind people of that, right? And I could tell you sad story after sad story after sad story, because I have plenty of them. And for every sad story, I can tell you this moment of opportunity and of abundance. Mm. And so here's what I know. For me, and for anyone that I've been able to work with, when I help them stay focused in the opportunity and the abundance that's in front of them, we go further, we go faster. Mm -hmm. And so... I just, I don't know, I just dig into it and then just try to people, try to help people get there. And when they're in that moment where they can't see the possibility, then I just stay there because sometimes we don't have those moments, right? Right. Sometimes you just, your feelings are hurt. Right. And that's okay. And so I think here's the other answer I actually give. Um, one of the things that's been really helpful in this particular moment of hard times is I talk to people about grace and space. And so when it's feeling really hard, what kind of grace are you giving yourself? Right? What kind of grace am I giving myself? Because I actually don't do it enough. It just is what it is. And so I go back with my posing and note therapy, grace and space. So when we're in that hard space, go back to the grace, and then you can go back to trying to push forward.
0: I, I think a lot about the similar to, to as you talked about, right that we've got a finite amount of time. and I often think about you know, am I making the most of this day? Am I making the most of this opportunity? and I making the most of, of the things that are that are presented to me um, through that lens of impact? And you have been one that through your entire career has made a significant impact on the organizations that you worked with. And so I want you to think about right taking your own medicine for a minute, thinking about the potential that exists, in equity through action, and when you think out a few years, what does that greatest impact or, or examples of that impact look like? You know, as and I, I want you to answer this because as people are listening, they're starting to think about you know how how might some of these services be relevant to me in in this moment of time. So, what are some of those examples of impact that Equity through Action is already helping to make, and is thinking about you know that you are wanting to make in the years ahead?
1: Oh, that's a good and hard question. Um, So I think some of the examples of impact that equity through action could hopefully make in the future is that when you look at an organization that's gone through the work, that it's more inclusive, that there are Black and brown people in um, positions of authority, that there is a safer psychological um, space for them, that... um, we, uh, as black women, particularly, are respected for our lived experiences. That organizations figure out how to work differently, and actually are um, just doing business differently, mm-hmm. uh, so that everyone's being able to contribute on the whole. There's so much that we know right about business that doesn't work. <laughs> so
0: yeah, um, yeah. If we think about all of the pieces that could be. Um, in some cases, perhaps broken down. In other cases, fully disrupted. In other cases, you know, built, built again, built better. Um, that's exciting to me too. To think about how different the future of work could be, right? Both in terms of the environments that we're in together, but also the way organizations are built and systems are built. Um, that comes back to to what you talked about a couple of minutes ago, which is really just you know starting from a place of humanity first rather than starting from a place
1: of profit, right? It's yeah. Big difference. Yeah, it is a big difference. And it's so interesting when I talk to prospective clients, that's probably the third thing that comes out of their mouth. Is they're like, well, how is this going to help my profit, right? And there are numerous studies that show that it will help your profit line, your bottom line, when you create a more inclusive work ex- environment, right? People, when they have a sense of belonging, they work harder, they show up more. Yes and, right? Right. However, like you said, it's also about the human and your why. And so trying to get organizations sometimes to think about their personal why um, is an uphill battle. Um, And it requires a whole change in how we see work, right? Mm -hmm. Which I'm hoping and praying and, you know, burning instance that through COVID, we're learning to appreciate each other more Mm -hmm. and figuring out that we can actually work differently. Mm -hmm. anything is actually possible. And this is the time now to figure that out. But we've been working with
0: this organization. I'm going to be careful not to talk about who they are or what they do, but they're along the journey to become, um, and I I would say they don't even use these these phrases. They think about what an anti-racist organization looks like. And they're trying to think about if they can get there. And in their mind, they're saying, we cannot get there because to become a truly anti-racist organization, as they believe it, they would actually need to close their doors, completely reimagine their business model, and then start up differently. Um, and so, as we've been having conversations with them, we think, you know, yes, certainly on some levels that is correct, but isn't an anti- becoming an anti-racist organization. It is a journey that you will never complete, right? It is a lifelong journey, and so
1: mm-hmm.
0: even thinking about moving along that journey is moving towards it. You know, I'd love to get your take on that, right? Like, is it, is it fair for organizations to say that they are on a journey if they know they will never actually get to
1: it? Well, do you think it's fair? Because it's just like a vision statement, right? So it's your path, right, that you're working towards every single day, knowing yeah. that, the whole point of the vision is it they are probably never going to get to the full piece of it but it's a constant reminder and commitment to the work so i would rather have an agency say that our continuous vision is to become and stay anti-racist stay create stay maintain whatever adjectives you want to throw in there right but it's the continuous commitment that's Mm -hmm. the most important Mm -hmm. right yeah weave into the fabric of the work all the time so i think it's fair to say that it's a continued evolution mm-hmm. of the work
0: yeah. yeah and that your action um will show if that commitment is true and real right so at the end of the day it's easy for people to make a public statement or a
1: commitment it doesn't mean they're acting on it. right so that's the difference right is the action and the commitment mm-hmm. right and right. so you just saying something? I, I'd rather you, I'd rather you not put anything out. Just stay racist. That's fine. Just stay racist, and i know to not go over there. Right, yeah. right. And do just keep doing the work, and then it'll show up. Yeah. Right. I don't need a statement. What I need is for you to hire a black woman and treat her right. Right. Take yeah. Statements thrown trash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the the living statement. Right.
0: What were some of the biggest ahas that you had? Um, during 2020, and I'm thinking about it primarily through the lens of COVID, but certainly does not to be need to be there
1: um, exclusively. Some of my biggest aha's is that I need to say no more. Uh, I say yes entirely too much into my own personal deficit. Um, some of my biggest aha's is that I can do anything I want to do anything, right? I can start a business in the middle of a pandemic and I can make it successful and I can make it how I want it to be. And for me to uh, think that, believe it and do it is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, The other biggest aha I had, which I think I knew, but it's really coming through in this work is that people are hurt and they're still showing up for work. Right. Particularly and specifically black, Latina, indigenous people. They're hurt and they're still showing up for work. And we're not taking time to acknowledge it. Right. But I knew this because I've been hurt at work. However, as I'm doing these workshops and trainings, I see it. Right. And then it's my job as an outside person to help the leadership see it. Right, So I have to meet them, help them to understand it's about the behavior to take it away from themselves because that's the biggest, scariest piece for them. They think I'm just going to be like, Bob, you're racist. That's not my job. My job is to help Bob see different opportunities for different behavior. Mm -hmm. Right, And to to help Bob understand racism was here before he got here. It'll probably be here afterwards. What you have an opportunity to do, though, is acknowledge it, remodel, and reframe your thinking. Mm -hmm. That's your opportunity, right? And so I'm going to cash my check and give you that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the, I think that those are part of my biggest ah ahas is to figure out the space and the lane to help us as individuals figure that out. Yeah.
0: That is a heavy aha. And I think it's, it's so heavy because it's so true, right? That that um, I'm just going to repeat it because I there's no way I'm going to try to say it any, any better than you just said it, which is so perfectly straight and honest, which is people are showing for up for work hurt. And as we think about the culture of work um, and how businesses and organizations and institutions of all kinds are starting in, many of them far too late, some of them not yet even ready to start in, right, on how... Much the culture of work has to change. Is it just in? Is it in culture, right? Is, is that where it lies, um, right? Because we think about culture, we think about behavior change, we think about obviously all of the systems and policies that are in place. But if we were to break it down to say a future of work that looks different, where does one start? What are the What are the levers that they have to dig in first to make sure that those who are showing up hurt to work are heard? And listened to and centered in a way that they have not been.
1: Uh, So I still say it starts with culture. It starts with the basic level of humanity and the disregard that we have for people's humanity. And it's not until you decide to have a new regard for my humanity as a black woman in this country is anything gonna change. Because you could change your policies. You could hire 12 black women, you could get new vendors, you could put some brown people in your on your website. But if you still have a basic disregard for who I am, my lived experience, and my value, it's for not right? And so until you can wrestle with that, sit with it, learn it, appreciate it, tackle with it every single day, figure it all out, right? And I can't make you do that. It's not everything else is moved, Mm -hmm. right? So you have have to start there. And then all the other things change because once you understand and appreciate me for who I am, then everything else falls into line, Mm -hmm. right? And you're not afraid of me or yourself, right? And you confront that fear that you have nothing's going to change. You've been
0: at equity through action so a little less than a year, right? Yeah. So as we're as we've come into this, this was truly born out of this this crisis that we were in. Um as you are starting to reflect on the projects you want to work on and choose not to work on, I would love to hear, you know, what are the what are the pieces when you hear something and you think I'm going to I'm going to go in the other direction on this one. And let me give you an example first to to ground you in this question. Because we will often have people reach out to us to say, um, we're working through um, some of our language related to our commitment to race equity and kind of hoping that you all can work on that and then come back to us with something to to reflect on and to, to review. And that is not the way that we work, nor is it the way that this work works, right? You can't just send a consultant off to figure it out for you. Um, and I'm curious if you're seeing any instances of that or other instances where you think this organization isn't ready yet
1: for this kind of work. Uh, Yes, I call it solution-based privilege where the client comes in and does exactly that. And they're like, well, can you give me some Brown people? Can you like, can you solve this for me so I can keep pushing? No, I cannot. Here's some other resources that maybe you want to look out look for um so it happens all the time and i get it because it's hard work um you can't see numbers immediately uh you have to do self-reflection uh there isn't a chart or a pie that necessarily corresponds with the work right and so it's nebulous and people are just again i keep using the word fear they're fearful of what's going to happen so i understand all that and so in terms of a solution or things that come up for them, um, I try to meet them where they are and talk to them about, this is long work, right? And try to reflect to them, how did you build your business? What were the steps involved? What was your why? How did you do this? What were the failures you made? It's the same thing in an equity journey. What is your why? You're going to do some failures. You're going to have to rinse and repeat. It's a steady progress. You're going to have to continue to learn. It's no different, right? And so if they can see that and their head's nodding and they're like, oh, okay, then that's the client for me. And if they're interested in a longer term project where they really want to look at the why. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm trying and I've been working really hard to say no to these. Like, can I come in and can you come in and do one bias workshop? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you're just going to get frustrated because you now you just know that you are steeped in bias. Okay, you have to do some of the things around it. Um, So trying to find the clients who are interested in actual a longer term commitment and change and addressing the unknown is the way I'm trying to work this company.
0: Well, I'm, I'm hoping that it's, it's all on your side because I think um, for those who haven't yet um, realized the amount of work that needs to be done in every company, right? <laughs> every organization has a level of work to be done and I can't recommend you more highly for um, your ability to come in and help organizations. Again, it comes back to where we started, right? See the potential of what exists in their future versus where they are present day. We are at the end already. This came really fast. I appreciate you letting me throw some big questions at you, but I want to end actually where we started, which is um, we checked in at the beginning. You told us where where, um, you were and what made you happy. And so as we check out, I would love to hear if there's an idea, if there's something giving you inspiration presently, if there's a book that you're reading and loving um, that you would want to share.
1: Yes. Okay. So what gives me inspiration? Conversations like this. Right where I get to where you ask me hard questions so I can think and see if I'm on track that I'm supposed to be on. So I appreciate you on the questions. Um, I read an amazing book called Thick and Other Essays. It is a brilliant piece of literature. I need to read it like six more times. Oh, life changing. Um, So that is bringing me joy and a sense of wonder. Um, And then, I mean, I said at the beginning, I'm all about the spin. So, today is my, like, personal spin therapist. Um, uh, Yeah, yeah. Just finding, I guess the answer actually would be, for individuals, is what's the one thing that you can do for yourself, by yourself, that brings you the most joy? And Mm -hmm. even if it's, like, looking at Baby Yoda, then do that. Mm. Right? Yeah, finding the thing that's going to be personal
0: joy right right and and i can't underestimate how important that exercise is right i've have yeah. completely a- and realized it in this year of when everything feels overwhelming the power that exercise has to focus us not just keep us healthy but keep our minds working and focused and so i'm with you on that one how critical that is to the time that we're living in and yeah all time yeah um well i'm going to add in the show notes today um a link to uh Thick, and um, some details on equity through action so people can reach out to you. And Seemarie, I am so glad that we had a little bit of time together today. I'm so looking forward to watching where you go next and hopefully finding more opportunities to collaborate. And most of all, a lot more opportunities to learn from you. Thanks for taking in this episode of Mission Forward. As always, I would appreciate you sharing this podcast with folks in your network who you believe would find value in the conversations we host here. And if you're loving our content, please rate and review this podcast. They make a big difference and help me know that the content we're delivering to you is resonating. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Mission Forward.